Today's scripture reading is from Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. It's on page 210 of your Bible. Context for today's reading. The times of approximately 1000 BC. Our story tells the tale of an Israelite woman named Naomi who emigrates to Moab, a foreign land, with her husband and two sons. Because of the famine, the sons marry Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. But the husbands die, and then the sons, leaving these three now widowed and essentially powerless women totally on their own. Thus the drama of what to do begins. In the days when judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab. He and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of the children were Milan and Kilian. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Milan and Kilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them, given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living. She and her two daughters-in-law, and they went out on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. And she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb? They may become your husbands. Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I shall have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. It has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then again they wept aloud. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not pressure me to leave you or to turn back and follow me. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus, and so to, so to me, and more as well. If even death parts me from me, when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? So I want to thank Colin, first of all, for reading that epic Bible story. But it's one of those stories from the Bible you really can't, you can't cut down on it. You can't make it shorter. You need to know all the details. 
and I was telling Colin this morning that when people ask me what reading they should do for their weddings, sometimes they'll say Corinthians, but I always say Ruth, because it's about people making promises to each other in love and then staying with each other. So let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Oh God, this day open our eyes that we might see truth in the world and love and goodness. Open our hearts that as we hear this word, we might be changed or transformed as you would have us be. Open our ears that we might listen in a world that vies for our attention. And open our mouths that after worship this day, we might witness to your radical and complete love. Amen. And so again from that text, And Ruth said to her mother-in-law, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. Friends, what makes love a love last? Last. Endure, carry on, stay, stick around until the very end. Maybe long after so many other loves have left, but still somehow you two, you are still together and still loving as longtime spouses, as longtime friends. As I mentioned earlier, yesterday I just returned from seven days at church camp, seven days in the woods and the wilds of Connecticut, seven days of watching over and teaching and chasing and hurting and caring for 23 wonderful and exasperating middle school youth, 16 girls and seven boys. You know, when I tell folks that I spend a week each summer doing this work, many look at me in astonishment, as if I'm a foolhardy or brave soul or both, like the survivor of a battle, that I am really crazy or really saintly for doing this. I could never do that, they say. And then they pat me on the back, and I get that. And yes, it was and is hard work, walking with and loving and trying to make God and faith real and relevant to 12- and 13-year-olds, most of whom would rather be on their phones or telling silly jokes as they awkwardly grow up into the men and the women God has made them to be. But I do it, and I have done this work for a long, long time for two reasons, really. One is my bedrock belief that kids, especially of that age, they desperately need adults who care deeply for them at that tough time in life. When they so often struggle mightily with self-esteem, with social heartaches, with wondering and worrying if they are really lovable, or loved by God, or worth it. Do you remember what life felt like for you at that age? But the other big, huge reason I love this work, and I can still do it after so many years, is that I've gotten to do it for most of the past 13 summers with one of my oldest and my best friends, Susie, a woman whom I've known and loved as my dear friend for 33 years, for more than 60% of my life. Save for just one other friend, and of course my family, I have called Susie my friend. I have loved and been loved by her 
longer than any other person in my life. Friends, if we are blessed, if we are lucky, if we are diligent, if we dare to do the hard work of such relationships, we will know and love in this life a handful of souls like Susie, a friend or a spouse, a husband or a wife. The folks who stay with us, stay with us even while others come and go. Someone who cherishes us just for who we are, warts and all, who loves us both for whom we essentially are and loves us in spite of who we are too. A rare life mate, a fellow traveler on the long road of life who doesn't leave, who is faithful, whose love for us and we for them endures, endures, enduring love. In this summer of love, as we celebrate and lift up all the amazing and graceful ways we humans love and are loved by others, by our God, I ask us on this Sunday to think about and pray about and talk about love that lasts. Or in the Greek language, pragma love. Pragma love. As in practical, mutually beneficial, faithful One to another, love, the love of a spouse for a spouse or a friend for a friend. And most important, a love that is so strong and so committed and so deep and so mature that it endures. It endures for a lifetime, for a very, very long time. When I talk about that kind and quality of love, whom for you comes to mind and heart? Who is that angel the dependable soul who loves you like that. I pray and hope you can name such a person, one who has and still or even was yours and you theirs in the deepest sense. Because sometimes, I'd say actually in all times, in every life, we need the rare love of such people. Consider the story we heard this morning from Scripture. As I said, we meet Naomi. She's an older woman, a widow, and also the grieving mother of two sons. She has lost to famine and death. I cannot imagine being that alone in life, that bereft, that potentially abandoned, even in a way. She is at a crossroads, and in that patriarchal society one in which a woman's social status and protection was solely determined by their connection to a man, Naomi was almost an orphan in a way. She was potentially fully exposed to a life of danger and invisibility, to be lost in her world. She also believes that she is now too old to have a new husband, to find new life in life. So she encourages, she pushes her widowed daughters-in-law to return home and to find new husbands. Orpah reluctantly agrees, but Ruth, Ruth cannot be sent away. Ruth, with faithful love, declares that nothing will ever separate her from her mother-in-law. And in one of the most poignant and poetic declarations in all of literature and writing, Ruth declares her love for Naomi, love that endures. Where you go, I will go, 
Where you live, I will live. Your God will now be mine. And where you die, I will die too. The strength of that amazing promise, one to another, is unlike any other human kind of love. It's not impulsive love. It's not mercurial love, here today, gone tomorrow. It's not conditional love. I will love you, but only if you do this for me. It's not subject to whim or fancy. It's not love based upon blood or biology. Pragma love is the most faithful love any human can know or give or receive. It's the quality of love that God has for each and every one of us forever. Pragma love. The love of a married couple who stay with each other through it all, all of it, for all the years. It's love that forgives and forgives and forgives. It's love that is strong and tough like steel. It's love that keeps a covenant even when it is hard to do so. When the world might say, well, you can leave, you don't have to stay. And yet, with pragma love, we choose to stay. Commit to the love of a lifelong friendship. That's love that looks beyond day-to-day bumps or personality quirks. It's love that declares, I am not going anywhere. You cannot get rid of me. On my love, you can count. It's a love marked by trust, I think. Real trust. And for me, that's one of the reasons why, with my old and dear friend Susie, I would undertake, I have to say, just about any challenge or work or ministry, even middle school ministry, if I just know that she will be right there with me, by my side. So every year, every week at camp is always filled with challenges and frustrations, kids who stubbornly refuse to participate, weather that storms, This past week, we even had a black bear who visited our camp. No one was eaten, don't worry. But through it all, I can endure it all, I can enjoy it all, because I know God's grace and dependability through the enduring love of my partner and friend. The love she has for me and I for her. Because finally, you and I, all of us, in pragma love that stays and love that is strong and remains, this kind of love, friends, it provides a witness, a witness to each of our lives. In a 2004 movie called Shall We Dance, the story is told of a long-married couple who seem to be on the verge of breaking up, breaking apart because of presumed infidelity. You see, the husband has begun to secretly take ballroom dance lessons once a week. And he hides it from his wife because he is a little embarrassed about his new obsession. And he also wants to keep it all to himself. He sees this new hobby innocently. But his wife, in witnessing his behavior, she fears that he is having an affair So she hires a private investigator, and in their discussion, that detective asks, well, why have you stayed together for so long? And she answers, because we need a witness to our lives. 
There are billions of people on this planet. I mean, what does any one life really mean? But in a marriage, you're promising to care about everything. The good things, the bad things, the terrible things, the mundane things, all of it, all the time, every day. You're saying your life will not go unnoticed because I will notice it. Your life will not go unwitnessed because I will be your witness. Friends, that is love, enduring love, pragma love, rare love. So this day we thank you, God, for faithful love, for long-time love, for love that stays, for love that connects us one to another through all the years. Marital love, friendship love, love that is a witness to our one life. May God bless us, and perhaps even just once in this life, give us such amazing love. Let all God's faithful and loving people say, Amen. Our hymn of response can be found on the insert in your bulletin. It's called Where Charity and Love Prevail. This is probably a kind of new tune for us. And so David's going to play it through once, and then I invite us to stand and to sing it. <laughs>